0: and people be safe, And what is clear is that Christ and the cross appear to be weak and foolish to the surrounding world and culture. You know, I know we live in the age of the internet and social media. We get bullying this nowadays in the form of cyberbullying. So if they don't like you, they'll post some nasty posts, it spreads through the social media, it spreads on the internet. However, I'm dating myself here. When I was young, the form of bullying that takes place was when friends draw funny pictures on paper of me to make fun of me. You know, they will draw me as a particular pink-colored creature. And then they will put it on paper, and then they will circulate it, and they will put my name there. Okay? Of course, these pictures were then passed around. Let me see here. What we have here is a reproduction of a graffiti on a wall in a, from AD 200 to 250. This is the form of bullying that takes place then in this graffiti found in Rome. It shows a man kneeling before a crucified figure with a donkey's head. In no surprise, you know what they are mocking. Uh, who, what what exactly they are mocking. This is an example of the contempt, the hatred, and the bullying shown towards the importance placed by Christians uh, on Christ's crucifixion. The world looks at the message of the cross as being weak and foolish. But let us see what Paul writes about the foolishness of the cross. So if you have a Bible here, let's look at the Bible. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, The the discernment of the discerning our thought. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Verse 18 starts with 4. And for the context, we need to look back one verse to verse 17. Paul there tells us that he doesn't want the cross of Christ to be emptied of his power, and that is why he doesn't employ eloquent wisdom like the orators and philosophers the divided Corinthian church so admired. And we see Paul here stating his main idea right at the start of this portion of scripture, telling us why eloquent wisdom doesn't work. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved is the power of God. Paul writes, he writes, that the message of the cross is utter foolishness to those who are perishing. That is, to those who who have rejected God and are separated from God, the cross is silly. However, to those who are being saved, that is, those who have trusted in Jesus Christ, and are being changed in the image of Christ the cross is the power of God it is the power to save you it's the power to change you to sustain you and to guarantee you a hope of life and to make his point Paul quotes then from the Old Testament in verse 19 which uh, the worship team has just read for us in the responsive reading from Isaiah chapter 29 verse 14 it tells us that long ago God's way is not the way of the world. It shows us that the foolishness of God with his message of the cross is, in fact, God's way of doing what he said he would do as far back as the Old Testament in Isaiah to set aside and destroy human wisdom. And Paul continues to press this point by asking three rhetorical questions. He basically asked the Corinthians, Okay, to paraphrase, you all so act Where is the wise one among you? Where are your teachers? Where are your orators? Where are your debaters? He covers all bases in his questions. He points to both Jewish scribes and to Greek philosophers and debaters, considered by many to be the wisest among them. And by doing so, what Paul does is he covers all of human wisdom, Paul tells us that God has made such human wisdom foolish. He has rejected all that rests on man-centered worldly wisdom. Human wisdom is foolishness. In verse 21, Paul continues to tell us that we will not know God through our own human reasoning and wisdom. But rather God is happy to reveal it Through the preaching of the cross, through the preaching of his word, we know God because God reveals himself to us. Paul here refers both to the method of preaching and more importantly, to the content of the preaching, the message of the cross. The understanding of truth about the message of the cross cannot be achieved through the best of human intellect, best of human reasoning or strength. But it must be received as a grace gift. It is to be received in humble submission of faith and trust in what God in his grace reveals to us. Paul's word to us is that the message of the cross is not something to which you and I may add human wisdom in any form and thereby think that we can improve on it or to make it any superior. Rather, the cross stands in absolute, uncompromising contradiction to merely human wisdom. The cross is in fact foolishness to any wisdom humanly devised and constructed. It is, But it is God's foolishness. Foolishness that is at the same time God's wisdom and power. the theologian gordon fee points out human wisdom and human power are two basic idols idolatries of humanity we think that god must function as the all-powerful and all-wise but always in terms of our best interests and always according to our expectations power on our behalf wisdom like ours for both of these the ultimate idolatry is that of insisting that God must conform to our human views as to how God, who, the God who makes sense, ought to do things. We make God into our image. My friends, do you harbor these two idols in your hearts? Do you value human power and human wisdom over the message of the cross? Do you believe that God must act in wisdom and power? Yes but subject to what you expect and think. Have you made the all-powerful and all-wise God in your own image? You now I have a confession to make. I like boxing movies. And yes, I especially like the Rocky movies. And I was thrilled to watch the most recent movie tied to Rocky series, the movie Creep. I know it's silly, but sometimes this movie draws a tear or two to my eyes. But what draws me to these movies though, it is about it's a story about reversal, of the underdog who, through grit determination, and stubbornness somehow managed to pull off and upset in the end. I think the story of reversal tends to appeal to all of us. Ask yourself, most of you like to watch stories of the underdog eventually winning. But you think about it, the story of the gospel is also a reversal. In fact, it's a story of a great reversal. And here in verses 22 to 25, we see how Paul reverses things in telling us that foolishness is wisdom. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. Paul continues here to tell us that some people reject the cross. This is because some of them, like the Jews, demand signs like the Jews who believe that their Messiah must work first in signs, miracles, and wonders before they believe. See, the Jews thought that the Messiah would come in might and power to rescue them from Roman oppression. So for, can you imagine for them, a crucified Messiah is a contradiction in to them. They thought that they would be saved via power, and now the Messiah lies crucified, powerless on the cross. And the Greek wants wisdom, they demand that what saves them must be of intellectual smartness, and to them uh, the cross is utter foolishness. Why is this so? Paul tells us, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. Verse 23. Paul's message is the message of Christ crucified and dead on the cross. Imagine that? The Savior crucified. This is a stumbling block, or a better translation would be scandal. This scandal of the Messiah crucified on the cross is a hindrance and offense to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. It's an offense because for the Jews, for someone to die on a cross. It not only means that someone is powerless, but it means that a person is cursed by God. We see this in Deuteronomy 21, 23. Surely, their Messiah will not come like that. But they do not realize that they were the one who was supposed to be cursed on the cross. But Christ is cursed on their behalf as a substitute. To the Greeks, the cross during the first century Romans' time is an instrument of torture. And it's only used for the worst of the convicted criminals. It's something like a hangman noose for modern day Singapore. So for Gentiles to say that a convicted criminal, the, uh, a heinous convicted criminal, is our savior, makes absolutely no sense to them. And uh, it's translated that it's almost sheer moronic thinking to them. It makes no sense to Greek. Who value human wisdom a convict saving me they do not realize that they were to be convicted criminals crucified on the cross but christ was convicted and crucified on their behalf as a substitute paul in verse 24 tells us that this nasty business of a crucified messiah is in fact the ultimate expression of god's power and wisdom and is available for all those whom God has called, both Jews and Gentiles, for every one. The preaching of the cross is effective, for Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. As Paul further elaborates in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30, Christ is to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. In Christ, we are declared right before God's sight, We are empowered to grow in holiness. We are brought out of slavery to sin. For the message of the cross, the gospel, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And Paul ends in verse 25 by telling us that Christ crucified as God's power and therefore God's wisdom is at work in the world. And it is the ultimate contradiction to merely human ways of wisdom and power. God's ways are at odds with human ways of seeing and perceiving reality. God is both wiser and more powerful than mere human beings. But Paul says that to the perishing, the cross is foolishness. And so it is. But it is God's foolishness, who because it is God's thing, it turns out to be wiser than human wisdom. In the cross, God outsmarted his human, uh, God outsmarted his human creations and nullified their wisdom. In the same cross, God also overpowered his enemies and with lavish grace and forgiveness, forgi- uh, removing, remove, lavish grace and forgiveness, and therefore by removing them of their strength. God, God's foolishness is wisdom. So will you be fools for Christ? Will you be fools for Christ by trusting the message of the cross? Will you trust in and rely on the foolish message of the cross? Not only in saving you from sin, but as a way of living. As Christians, we are to trust and rely on the message of the cross. Rather than relying on the wisdom of the world, we see that in the foolish message of the cross, God seeks our good and solves our greatest problem, our need for the forgiveness of our sins. If this is what God has done to us, then what should be our response? Firstly, we need to recognize there's only two ways to live, two destinies for all men. So we need to choose. And a poem by uh, this uh, teacher, Paul Barnard, beautifully summarizes the message of the cross. Inscribed upon the cross we see, in shining letters, God is love. He bears our sins upon the tree. He brings us mercy from above. God loves you. He has provided Jesus Christ who bears our sins upon the cross in our place. Jesus Christ brings us mercy from God. So would you accept his mercy? I'm speaking to my friends here today, who may be hearing the message of the cross for the first time. Will you trust in Jesus Christ and receive God's mercy? I'm speaking to you, my friends, who come week after week and sit in the pews, but you are without a relationship to God. Will you trust in Jesus Christ and receive God's mercy? I'm speaking to the young people that I miss who grew up in Christian homes and display Christian culture, but do not actually have the reality of life with Christ, life in Christ, will you trust in Jesus Christ and receive God's mercy? For the message of the cross of Christ is God's wisdom and power. And if this is what you choose, then after this service, please go and speak to someone. You can approach any of the pastors, elders, deacons, ministry leaders, young adult leaders, youth leaders, and we will be happy to speak to you. Secondly, as a church, we keep the message of the cross central. As we see, the human tendency, and we even see this in churches, is to fall to the idols of human power and human wisdom. We focus on power, cleverness, style, things that are often so important to the world. And we fail to keep the message of the cross central to our lives, central to the way uh, of doing church, our way of doing church. And this is where, as I was preparing the message, I was struggling with something that is increasingly getting a lot of attention in Grace Baptist Church. This is the matter of the church rebuilding. Don't get me wrong. I trust that the rebuilding is what God wants the church to do at this point in time. And I have every confidence in God that as a church, we'll see the physical building being rebuilt and completed. And I, in fact, look forward to the new building being completed. For I know it will provide the physical resources and facilities for gospel ministry and outreach to our neighbours in our loving and serving them. But I do need to sound a warning here. You and I are human beings whose hearts are idle factories. If we are not careful we may let the building be human wisdom and human power that distracts or worse still, or worse still, adds to the message of the cross. Right now, it is good that as a church we are working towards the rebuilding, but we cannot, we must not let up on the word of the proclamation of the message of the cross. Even right now. And more importantly, when we get back to the new building, we cannot and must not say, we The work is done. Let us now sit back and relax. I know there's a tendency for us to say that. Thinking that the new building will save people, transform lives, or grow the church. The building and the new facilities are tools to be used. However, it's the message of the cross that will save people. It's the message of the cross that will transform lives. It's the message of the cross that will grow the church. So when we get back to new building, we need to not let up, but continue even more diligently in the work of the gospel and the proclamation of the cross of Christ. For it's only the message of the cross of Christ that is the wisdom of God and the power of God. It's only this message that can save and change lives. If we understand this, this message of the cross and the importance of proclaiming it, And this is our responsibility. If we understand this and we work towards this, this will unite us as one church as we seek to glorify God. Now, today's passage is an important and difficult passage for the church. It is difficult, but for the very same reason, for the very same reason, it was difficult in Corinth. We simply cannot accept the scandal of God's doing things God's way without our help. And to do it by means of such weakness and foolishness. We have too often often succeeded in blunting the scandal. It is the preaching of the cross alone that has the power to set people free. In the death of his son, God has judged us who were responsible for it. Christ has taken on himself our sins and guilt and removed them. We have been forgiven when we richly deserve death. Therefore, being forgiven, we are set free not only from our sins, but to become God's very own people in the world. The word of the cross achieves what human power and human wisdom cannot achieve. It creates disciples who will trust the one true God for life. Such weakness in God is scandalous to those who think of themselves as righteous and thus not needing forgiveness. But to those who recognize ourselves as in need of mercy, this is the good news that set us free to follow our Savior. Thus, this weakness is also the ultimate power and therefore true wisdom of God. For the word of the cross is folly, To those who are perishing but to us who are being safe it is the power of god let us pray father god we thank you for jesus christ who takes away the sins of the world he died in our place on the cross for our sins so that we might have life lord we thank you for this good news i pray for all of us here that this truth will dwell in our hearts and cultivate in us a love for Christ Jesus. Set our affections and devotion for Jesus and Jesus alone. Continue to give us grace and wisdom as we as a church seek to daily repent and turn away from our idols of human power and wisdom and turn in faith to you, the God who shows us abundant mercy and love. In Christ's name.